WVIE 107.3 FM Charlotte, Amalia, Virgin Islands. Detroit, you are tuned into the real black coffee, no sugar, no cream, where we bring it straight and unfiltered. I am so excited about tonight's topic because we realize that our black men in society go through a lot. Historically, from the buck breaking back in the slave times, all the way to enduring what happened in the civil rights movement in the 60s, you may recall when families couldn't even receive benefits after black man was in the home. If you remember the movie Claudine, there were a couple of scenes in there where the social worker was coming to visit the home. They had to hide the iron, the rug. They had to take all of the things outside of the home that were necessary to just function in the home, including the black man. The black man has been through so much in our society. When we even look at the black child, a white child or a white young man shoots up a whole church, shoots up a protest or whatever, he's depressed. A black man does the same, he's deranged. We're going to talk about it. And I am so excited to have my guest in the studio with me tonight. Say what's up to Detroit and everyone, Uda Dan. Detroit, what's happening? It's Uda Dan. I'm so happy to have him. And the reason why he's here is because he bared his soul in a post. And he talked about mental health what he was going through, and that he was going to do something about it. But I want to play a part of this song that he put out, because Uta Dan is also an artist. If you don't know, now you know. (laughs) He's an artist, and he has a lot of tracks out. But we also have something in common, because we are both from a town that we love so much, Inkster. So here's a song called I'm So Inkster. And I want you to not only pay attention to the beat and the lyrics, but some of the depictions of the life that you live in the city. Because it's going to set the tone for the conversation 
him and I are getting ready to have and why black men need to heal. So go play the track for me, Marquise.
So we just listened to a track called I'm So Ink Town that talks about the city that I grew up in and I love, Inkster, Michigan. And we have the artist behind the track here with me, Uda Dan. <laughs> Uda, in that video, there were depictions of a lot of things that seem ordinary for us growing up in Inkster and things that we see. But then there were some other things in there that have become a new normal but are not ordinary. And one of them was the um, memorial that was set up in Parkside from the little girl who got shot. Um, and I'm pretty sure there are so many other things that can attribute to why we have suppressed a lot of emotion as individuals because abnormal things have become almost normal shootings killings and things of that nature every week is someone else every week is somebody else but there had come a point a turning point for you right but let's go back when you first grew up under what circumstances did you grow up I mean, you know, I, um... I grew up in the I grew up in the projects, you know. First of all, I was I, I I I grew up in the gardens, and was you know back and forth from the gardens to Saigon, you know, which is you know Denby and Lamont Gardens, mm -hmm. you know, area low income housing. So you know I was always raised in you know to cut it all short and low income housing, you know. So it was always a struggle, you know, for me, you know, and um, as you say. As we say, you know, it was, you know, it, it, it was always a way to, like you said, to keep the, the, the father out the household. So, you know, a, a lot of my friends and, you know, a lot, a lot of men where I was staying at, it was just, you know, single mother, you know, homes, you know, mm -hmm. just trying to find their way, you know, the best way they could at that time, you know. So, you know, it, it was hard, you know, mom, I, I can say it was hard now. Because I because I know better today, you know what I'm saying. But then, I just you know I just thought I was just living, you know what I'm saying. That's mm -hmm. growing up as a you know young kid, you know was, you know however it came, you know that's what it was. But you know, I feel you when you say, I know now, but I didn't know then. Right. Because. The way we grew up, it, it was just a normal lifestyle for us, right. right? We didn't realize anything was going on really to our detriment. Not at all. Um, but it was a lot of traumatic things that happened. I mean, yeah, let's, we're going to, since, since, okay. Since, what's the name of this, what, this, this cut? Black coffee, no sugar, no cream, we're unfiltered, gonna keep it, we're just keep it, we're keep keep it, it real. All right, we're going to keep it. I, I really, when I was eight years old, that's when I really started seeing the, the, the real life of really which way that I, I could go and, and which way I couldn't go at eight. You know, I wasn't going to school at eight years old. And I was only in third grade. I wasn't going to school, you know, and because I had adapted to the streets. Because as you say, I, I ain't have a father in the household, you know what I'm saying, where I was at. So... What I seen out in front of the house 
was a little more than what I had in the house. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm, that's, you know, that's what took care of me and showed me a little bit more than what the house was showing me. So, you know, I kind of graduated to the rules of the streets at eight years old, then rules of being a kid, going to school, you know what I'm saying, and, mm -hmm. and coming home. So my routes was different, you know what I'm saying, than an eight-year-old in the morning, you know what I'm saying? Eight-year-old was going up the street to go to school. I was going left to go to the streets. What was your school over there at the time, Douglas? Nah, like I said, I was in the garden, so I was going oh, to Woodson. okay. And I was on clinking pants, so my school wasn't but two blocks up the street. And, you know, I wasn't going, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I was eight years old, you know, not to be, you know, I ain't, I, but I was off into, you know, hand peddling, you know, drugs and being around, you know, individuals, you know what I'm saying, that I, 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 I shouldn't have been. But at that time, you know, you can not tell me no better because that's where the love was coming from. Yeah. So, you know, and me coming up was kind of like kind of different than a lot of other kids, you know. But... A lot of kids, I do know, even today coming up like that, but just don't know that that's how they coming up. I just know that now. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Hindsight. You know, they say hindsight is 2020. Yeah. And I appreciate your transparency because your whole story is going to help somebody. I mean, you know, and I, and I, and I, I believe that's, that's what it's for. You know, that's, that's why I'm here. You know what I'm saying? To get it to you. You know how you want it. You know, so... Hopefully, you know, when I leave here, you know, somebody listening, somebody on the outside looking in, you know, take the same message and run with it. Yes. That's all about. That's what I hope as well, and I appreciate it. We have um, the producer of our show and um, my warrior sister, Trisha Duckworth, joining us on the Zoom. Say what's up, Trisha. What's up, Detroit and the surrounding areas? Hello, Uta Dan and Valerie. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of today's show. Yeah, it's going to be. Hey, Marquise. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be magnificent, and we're so happy that he's here. So let's talk a little bit about you transitioning. So you, you shared how you grew up right. and what that was like, and then you transitioned, right? You grew up, and you got a little older. You have a song called Pray For Me. Yeah. What's the story behind that track? I mean, I, I, and I dropped, I dropped that track really just on, like I said, and the way I was living and, and the change, you know what I'm saying, that I seen that was, that, that was happening. You know what I'm saying? I, I really wanted to stand on that and, and continue to, you know, to go the right way. You know what I'm saying? So I know within a lot of that, you know, come, come, it come prayer, you know what I'm saying, and, 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 and you got to believe in God, you know what I'm saying, to believe in something, you know what I'm saying, so with just uh, me, just in the mind frame of where I was at, you know what I'm saying, really trying to make that change and, and really, you know, put it out there as, you know, with a different look on it, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. despite on what you see, I'm going to tell you something different, though, you know what I'm saying. So, you know what I'm saying, a lot of people don't even know how to ask for a prayer at times. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, I just put it out there, you know what I'm saying, to the world, like, you know, pray for me. You know what I'm saying? On, 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 no matter what you look at, you know what I'm saying, on the inside, I could be going through whatever. So, you know, just, just give me one, you know? 
Yes. When I looked at that, a lot of things went through my mind and touched my spirit. Marquise, can you play a little bit of Pray For Me? Do a call by my name. Second Chronicles 7 and 14. But if, that's a baby word, if, if my people who are called by my name, which is just humble themselves and free. Huh? We go to church all the time. Turn! You gotta turn! I'm right over behind the bend. As soon as you come up off the ancient road, just make that left and you'll be right in the project. Okay. We'll meet you when you get here. Right, from Somebody gotta pray for me. Somebody gotta pray for me. Somebody gotta pray for me. What can you say to me? Huh? What can you say to a nigga that lost the whole life? I lost my mind with my babies. I want the whole block. When I watched that initially and I saw Brother Johnson giving that yeah, heartfelt yeah, prayer, yeah. I said, wow, I know somebody prayed for me when I didn't even know how to pray for myself. Somebody was praying for me when I didn't even think about praying for myself. Wow. And those prayers and that grace has covered a lot of us, our grandmother's prayers covered us in times where we needed it most. Right, right. right. Trisha, do you want to chime in? You know, first of all, brother, thank you for just your transparency and sharing. And I think so many people, that's why I get irritated when we judge people because we don't never know what somebody done been through, you know what I'm saying? And and where they're trying to go to. And if we could just have empathy and, and learn to understand that each one of our testimonies, right? Because that's what that is. That's a testimony of something that, you know, that God used and is going to use to help other people. You know, even if even if people aren't religious, you can still hear in that story, yes, you can hear the trauma, but you can also see the triumph. You can also see, you know what I'm saying, the moving forward. And I just I just think we need to learn how to meet people where they are and give the empathy and compassion that's needed so that we can really understand. That's why we, we don't even know how to pray for people. You can't pray for somebody if you don't have the love and the compassion and the empathy in your heart and where they are. So miss me with all them fake prayers because they're not touching heaven at all. They are not encompassed with the love, the true love of God. Absolutely. And that brings us to the title of this show. Black men heal. Because there's a lot that our black men go through. There's a lot that black women put black men through. 
Say that again. There is a lot that society puts our black men through, whether it's the criminal justice system, law enforcement, relationships, whatever it is. Our black men carry uh, emotional load and been carrying it, but were never taught how to carry it because from a little soldier up, they had to hold it in and be tough. A little boy fall down, cry. You can see him bleeding out. And they say, oh, get up, little man, 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 man up. You all right? No, the hell I'm not. I'm bleeding. My knee hurt like a mug. I can barely walk. Oh, little dude, walk it off. Walk it off. You all right? You all right? You know, and I even hear some black women saying that to their sons, but then they wonder why we have emotionless black men walking around that we are in relationships with because they have been taught to suppress their emotion and even when they feel like i don't have to be vulnerable in this moment anymore and i'm gonna really open up and share who i really am some women don't even really know how to handle that and they'll come back all oh, you soft or you know use it against them or whatever so there are a lot of things that have traumatized our black men that make them the way that they are today and our black men need to heal and Uda out of all you've shared through your music and your artistry and all you've shared today you reached a point where you decided you needed to do something with your mental health yeah what brought you to that point well let's just say uh well like two and a half years ago um, I was riding my motorcycle and I was ran over by a semi truck. Mm. You know, I was um, I almost lost my life about two and a half years ago. So wow. it's, it, you know, for me, it's still a blessing to even you know to be here to even give you an interview to go over this music that you know I ain't put out. You know, what I'm saying myself instead of you know somebody else having to do it. Mm -hmm. So you know that that right there, you know, it's a blessing for me. You know, when I'm you know to overcome that and, and to still you know what I'm saying stand up. You know, was 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 you know emotional trauma <laughs> at the high, at its at the max, you know. Yeah. So and you know um just the you know the, the you know um just the uh well you know when you have to just change your way of living, you know at, at a rapid sudden, you know what I'm saying? Everything just changed, you know what I'm saying? You have to. You have to deal with it physically and emotionally at, this, at, at all at once. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Don't nothing separate nothing. It's all you know what I'm saying right now. You know, and then you know, I, I had to realize, you know, everybody go through something. You know, everybody go through something. You know what I'm saying? Um, what I go, like I say, I may be going through something that be smaller than what you may be going through. You mm -hmm. know, maybe or maybe bigger than what you may be going through. You know. No problem is bigger than the next problem. It's all a problem with me. Mm -hmm. You know? So it, my whole thing was, you know, to figure out how I can come out, out of it, though. You know, I'm in it. But the thing is, how you gonna come out of it, though? You know? And, um, by me, you know, by me going through, you know, depression and anxiety, you know what I'm saying, through it all, you know, and, um, really not, you know, trying to, uh, 
uh, uh, get under these different types of medications, you know what I'm saying? That because you know this how this what they feel, you know what I'm saying? How how they can control it, mm-hmm. you know? Not my everyday, you know what I'm saying? Mentally, you know they ain't in the house with me every day. I just show up here, you know. You say okay, but well, this was wrong. That's that. Take this. See me in 30 days. I'm like, come on, man. I ain't, you know, it's bigger than that, mm-hmm. you know. So you know, I had to figure out, you know what I'm saying, another way on my own. And and the way that was was really just putting it out there first, you know what I'm saying, recognizing, you know what I'm saying, what what I was going through and, and what it was, you know what I'm saying, and why, you know, I was moving this way and why was I actually thinking like this and that, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and, 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 and I ain't used to, like, I ain't used to, but this way I'm at, and, you know, I'm kind of stuck, you know what I'm saying, and I ain't trying to get going on, you know, medication or nothing, so let me reach out to somebody, you know what I'm saying, and and, and, and and keep some good people around me and try and see what's going on and, and, and talk about this. You know what I'm saying? And, and maybe we, we both can recognize different things, you know what I'm saying, what's going on. So, you know, that's what I did. You know, I just kept a, a, a few good people, not a lot, because, you know, it's, a, a, at that point in time, it ain't a lot of people that you could talk to. It ain't a lot of people mm-hmm. you could trust. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A lot of people you even want to be in your business that deep, you know what I'm saying, because this something new to you. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you have to be careful. You know what I'm saying? With 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 that. So, you know, I, I grabbed hold to a couple good people that I knew was genuine in my life and, and was keeping it all the way real with them. You know, whether it brought the tears, you know what I'm saying, or whatever. This what it is. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we need to talk about this, you know, to get me past this, man. You know what I'm saying? Let yes. me know, you know, everything will be all right. You know what I'm saying? I know where I'm at, but, you know, just keep, keep me in the light. You know, because everything, you know what I'm saying, that situation is all dark. You know, everything dark, everything gets slow, everything gets pushed away. You know what I'm saying? And and, and that's where I was going. And I ain't how, where I used to be. So I had to, you know, get back. You know, and um, and I'm still, you know, I'm still working on it. You know what I'm saying? Because it's all, you know, I, I wish I could say, you know, oh, it, is, it can happen for you in a day. I ain't, you know, I ain't going to get on here and tell you that. But, you know, it, it can happen. You know, just, you just got to keep working, you know what I'm saying, and, and believe in, you know what I'm saying, in something. I can't, tell, like, I can't tell you what to believe in, but just, you know, believe in something to hold on to to keep you motivated, on, you know, and keep going. You know, because being depressed, having um, suppressed emotions and stuff, it's almost become normal. Man. Right? And some people will also view it, as a sign of being weak that you can't handle what life is throwing at you. And with that has become so many stereotypes and stigma. That stigma right there stops our black men from even wanting to get help and seek help appropriately. So brother, I salute you. And I will say hats off, but uh, now the the hair ain't cool today (laughs) under here, but I will Salute you for even taking that step because I'm telling you, when you put that post up, it touched my soul. I have not met you before until I saw you at the class reunion. But I reached out and I said, hey, you touched my soul with that. Would you be willing to come on the show and just talk about it? Because if it touched my soul as a black woman that only has a bird's eye view of what it is black men deal with every day. And I try not to put my man, 
through any more emotion, stress, or whatever than he has to go through. I know that's right. But I have no idea what it is to walk in your shoes as a man. So when you put it out there, it touched my soul. And I'm glad that you're here to bear that because you see the stigma associated with mental health is real. Yeah, it's real. It's real. And it stops a lot of people from seeking the help that they need. Because they try to they, they try to they try to identify it as you crazy. Mm -hmm. So a lot of guys that's going through it don't want to put it out there because I ain't here. I don't want you to think I'm crazy. Like if I tell them this and that, oh, you're you crazy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. so you keep it inside to try and put on a normal front, you know, because you don't really want to give them your truth because you don't think crazy. You know what I'm saying? So with me putting that in the closet, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't give a damn, you know what I'm saying? I may be going crazy. Like, if I keep holding this in, I'm going crazy. I, I tell you that. Yeah, I think I am. Right. But to talk about this right here, and to, and to talk about it, is in I'm dealing with depression. Now, if I don't talk about it and hold it in, I can call it whatever. But to talk to you about it right now, we ain't talking about me being crazy. Mm -mm. Talking about somebody that's dealing with depression. That's dealing with the realities of life that is put on the shoulders of our black men each and every day from the time you left the womb until the time you uh -huh. go to the tomb. You carrying a load, brother. I mean, you know, and then as, you know, as, 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 as here to a man, you never want to, you know, it's always on you to never let down. You know, when you called upon, as the identity that they give us, you stand up. You know what I'm saying? You never want to be the one that let them down. You know what I'm saying? So with that being alone, you know what I'm saying? Until every day, you know, it just got to keep you because, you know, you got, when you got others that depend on you, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. For your every day, you know what I'm saying? For they every night, it's something different. You know what I'm saying? So I got to get through my every day to make sure they every night right. You know, mm -hmm. so if I didn't, you know, identify what was going on with me to get that right. Now, how can I, you know, make sure that they nice going to be right when my days is, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, it was one thing you said when we were talking. You said, I want to give back because I know when I was growing up, it was easy for me to get five dollars, mm -hmm. but it was hard for me to get five minutes with somebody to sit down Dang. and just let me know that I don't have to go left. I can go right. Yeah. That was deep. So when you say you got to get your days right so their nights could be right, I get it. Yeah. And, and you know. It, it was real. I mean, when I told you that, I mean, it, it came off genuinely as if, like, yeah, because, like I told you, I came up, you know what I'm saying? It was easy for me to, you know, get around gas, you know, here, 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 you know, go through there, go there, you know, straight, but it, it was like that. But for the guy to come in, man, do this here, let me sit you down, man. You don't have to be around these guys. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. You know, it's other things that you can do. It's a program for you. You know what I'm saying? I never knew nothing about no programs or nothing, you know what I'm saying? No kids or nothing like that. 
You know what I'm saying? When it when it was programs available for me though, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To you know try to save a guy, you know what I'm saying? From you know other things that was involved in his life, you know what I mean? But yeah, you know everybody got a story to tell. Everybody does. Shay, you want to tap in? I think you just hit it. Everybody has a story to tell, and what happens is. We're not hearing the stories the way we need to hear them. You know, some people want to maintain this image. They get cleaned up and then they don't want to talk about that real stuff because they're scared of, for whatever reason, I don't know why, because we all got something. So I don't know why we hiding from one another, but it's those stories and it's people letting you know and sharing and being transparent with you. That's what's going to help these kids. And people are like, well, we shouldn't talk about that to kids. They're too young. No, 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 no. Because if you don't talk to them about it, you could trust and believe somebody else will. And they're not going to lay down the lessons that could be transforming for their lives. It's on us to give back and to truly to truly care about something outside of ourselves. And that's why I honor you, brother, because people get themselves together and they don't look back. Right. right. I say it all the time. I said, where the OGs at that that found out that the way that they went wasn't the right way? These kids out here standing on y'all legacy. How you gonna allow kids to stand on your legacy and you know it's not right and then you don't turn around and say, hey brother, I love you. Let me show you. You know, let me show you another way. I, I feel you. I see you. How can I help you? I mean, I ain't even saying coming in, judging the kids or none of that, because that stuff don't work. But really showing these kids love, that's what they need. They need somebody that's going to give a damn. Yeah. I mean, that's what I, I mean, back when I was, I was telling you um, that when the corners used to be the place to be, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And then, man, I, then I told you that now it's a crime to be not even on the corner. But it's a crime to not even be moving your feet. You can't even stand still on the street. You got to keep moving. Mm-hmm. If, you, if the police see you standing still on any street, he going to stop you and ask you what's going on with you. Ain't you? Tell the truth. Yeah. Is there, is there a problem? You lost? I mean, you looking for something? You woo woo? Because he going to think you seeking some type of information. Because as long as you standing there, you can, you, can, you can look around you and see something to figure out something. But as long as you walking, you know, anything happening this fast, you forget and forgive. But everything used to be on the corner from day one. Newspapers was on the corner. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They ain't on the corners no more. You know, all the, they put all the signs on corners. Why you think they put them on the corners and not in the middle of the street? Huh? Wow. Yeah. Like, for real. That's where all the information there. It's four intersections there. It's too much. It's a lot of traffic here. You standing right here. You can figure out something. That, yeah, we don't want you to know that we've been sugarcoating this, you know, so, you know, black parents, I mean, it all was on the corner. You know what I'm saying? You come on the corner, they tell you something, then come see you that way. Yes. You better come say it. Now. You know yep. what I'm saying? Everybody wanted to get it on the corner. It was a lot of information on the corner. Mm-hmm. We can't stand on them corners no more. Mm-hmm. But one thing is somebody did take them corners back. I ain't saying, you know, get out there and, you know, and, and, and do them wrong. I'm saying take them back, you know, and, and, and put that right information back out here up the street. Cause mm-hmm. that's where it, that's where it's at. Mm-hmm. We ain't got nobody to push that information up the street. Yeah, 
You're absolutely right. Them OGs would be on the corner. And, and I don't give a damn if they drunk as a skunk, as my right. grandma used to say. They would be spitting that wisdom. On the corner. On the corner. That's where you find them at. You can get whatever you needed you to get know. Whatever you needed to know. And they would just be dropping gems all day on the corner. It's all on the corner. All on the corner. I don't care any movie you turned on back in the day. The corners was jumping. Every corner. Every mm -hmm. corner. It's all on the corners. Now they tell you, don't stand on this corner, don't keep it moving. Hold on, and you might start something. You know, you stand there, then somebody else gonna come stand there. Then somebody else gonna come stand there. Now you look up, you got 10, 15 people standing on the corner. You know what I'm saying? That's how it happened. Mm -hmm. Hold on, there's some information, something going on right there. We talking now. You know what I'm saying? But that's to keep us separated, though. That's why they give us all these computers and stuff right here to take us off the corners. Now you ain't got to sit on the corner no more. You sit right there and figure out and, 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 and figure out the false and intense that they giving you about the corner. But you don't really know what's really going on on the corner because we ain't hands on on the corner no more. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You can go, you can go on the internet and they'll show you the street. You ain't gotta go on it. They'll Google you and you can zoom up the whole block now. <laughs> you ain't gotta walk down the block no more. Yeah. That's how much they try to keep you off that I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Yeah, that's real talk. But guess you. what? That um, center, I don't know what you got. Didn't you used to call it the square in Denby? No, it was always the center, though, right there. It was always called yeah, it the, was center. Always the center. Right there. Well, we are um, doing some programming in the center. There's going to be an open house this Wednesday, and we hope that you come over and join us. But we're starting a program mm. at the center. I, 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 and Trisha can tap in and tell you more about it. But we want those little kids to come and say, hey, come in off the street. We are here. You know, let's have some conversation. Let's do some programming. Let's do some other things. If you rap, if you act, whatever, we're going to get them to put on a production, you know, for the community. And we really want to bring that back because I believe our job as a community, not just parents, our job as a community of black people right. is to raise our children in a manner that they don't need therapy when they get grown. I know that's right. I mean, it may be because, like, like, like we say, you know, a lot of the trauma start as a kid. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And to a lot of these grown-ups walking around today with the, with the trauma and depression that they carry, for 30, 40 years, mm -hmm. and still haven't recognized as where it really came from to why they're in the position of living or even looking like how they do today. It ain't just started when you lost my man, or it ain't started when you just started dating baby girl and she left. Nah, you've been going through this long time ago. You know what I'm saying? That's probably why you ain't got it no more because of how you was going through it, and you never even identified that there was a problem. Because yeah. you around so many people with the same identity as you, you don't even think it's a problem because everybody living the same way. And it's crazy that you don't see that, you, you, you know, things is different until you jump out the box and look back at it, though. And that's what had to happen to me. You know what I'm saying? Say that. I had, I, had, I had to get outside. I had to get outside the hood for real to really look back at the hood. Like, look what I was doing to the hood. I, but, but but you couldn't tell me that while I was in the hood, though. I thought I was helping the hood as, as, as best as anybody else could. But I, but, I, but I was hurting the hood and bringing so much to the hood that I can say if I wasn't there, it wouldn't happen. But, you know, now that I know what I know, 
but I give it back now. Yes. Because I know what the hood need. Like, nah, the hood didn't need that. The hood always needed some love. I thought I was giving the hood some love. With, I mean, you know, I had a good heart in what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? Whether it was right or wrong, you know what I'm saying? God forgive me, but hey, that's just the hand I was dealt. But now, them kids need some help and, and some love. Yes, they do. And we're um, hoping that you can assist us with, you know, getting the kids to the Envision Center and spreading that love. We got to love on our babies. Yeah. We got to let them know that you are not forgotten. You are not alone. We're going to handle no. this with you. And if they're no, having they problems more. in school, I am an expert at navigating the school system and meeting with those officials and stakeholders to be sure that they're doing our kids right. So if it's Inkster kids that are experiencing high rates of suspension and on the verge of expulsion, Please come to the Envision Center on Wednesdays. We will help you navigate, go to those school board meetings, whatever it is, because I'm sick about how our kids are being treated. Yes, our school system was dismantled. We talking about black men heal? Well, it's going to take a lot of healing for our little black boys and girls who have been a part of this dismantled school systems, and now they're sent to other school systems that are not culturally wow. competent. But they just see Inkster on the address and automatically think the worst. But you want to know what, uh, uh, just to give you a little insight, though, like, what you want to know who really only really lost their school? And Inkster. Who? The kids in the projects. Now you look at it. Only kids, only people lost their school system is the price. It's the low income housing kids. Because all the kids that's over in Compton area, they all go to Rebel Shop still. Still yeah. to this day. Ain't never stopped. All the kids on the other side of Michigan Avenue, Wayne Memorial, and What's that other school over there they can go to? Um, from Ram Memorial to... I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. I can't call the name. Yeah. And if you go on the other side of Middle Belt of Michigan Avenue in that corner, they Ram Memorial in that other school too. But if you come to the projects, Insta High Gun, that's where we was at. From the Garden to Saigon, they was right there. They took that away from us. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on, huh? And now our babies have a lot hey. of trauma. Because they sit them outside of everywhere. Places where they um, misunderstood. Exactly. Yeah, they misunderstood. Look that different, you know what I'm saying? Because they going to school. Look, a lot of kids ain't even probably going to school with holes in their shoes, whatever. Clothes ain't the best of the, of the kids that they done transferred these kids out there to sit in the classrooms with. Mom ain't coming in there looking like his mama daddy ain't there. His daddy there. But you done sent these kids over there for more trauma, though. Not only where they at already, it's traumatizing. But to go to school to get education, what we thought that was free was to get away from where we was at. Yes. A lot of kids use school to get away from the hood, though. You know what I'm saying? That's why they turn into something else through school. Like, this can stay in school for all. He ain't really come home. He stayed in all the programs and all that. Yeah. And made it out. But they took that, though. And then, but they, but sort of kind of didn't, but they did because they sent you somewhere else to do it where you ain't comfortable with your neighbor. And this ain't even your neighbor. 
Come on, man. Say that you are listening to the real black coffee, no sugar, no cream, unfiltered, and Uda Dan is bringing it to you black, real, and strong. Yeah, Brother, you just yes, brought yes. a word. Real talk. 100% facts. And that's why we are going to the Envision Center on Wednesdays to start trying to have some program, have the kids come over, give them some pizza, give them some mentoring, you know, have some life skills programming in there for them. Give them something to do. Let them know that we care. We have to take our communities back. Let me tell you something. You know, masks were being worn before they were mandated to be worn by COVID because people weren't being real with who they were for a long time. Mm -hmm. Long time. And what saddens me even more is in Inkster and a lot of other black cities, it's a church everywhere you turn, but our communities suffer. Yeah. Yeah. I have a problem with that. I need to chime in on that. Well, go ahead, sister. Take the Uh, floor. (laughs) Because I think it is the biggest tragedy of today's church. Uh, Because the God that I know and that I serve has all power. The God that I know and that I serve has given me the power. So I don't get down on my knees and pray without understanding that when I get up from there, that I have to put my hand to the plow and get busy. We've been wasting so much time in the body of Christ, watching the world just die all around us, just shouting and patting and spitting every dog on Sunday, but ain't doing nothing. Can't bust a grape in the devil's camp. That is not what God intended. And that is exactly why these children are dying. We ride past these kids every Sunday, but won't even think to minister to them on the way home or during the week. It's the biggest travesty that I have ever seen. And I know that God is not pleased because these kids need the ultimate thing that God holds. And that's love. Love covers a multitude of sin. Love covers these children and does so much for them that I'm going to tell you something. I think, I don't know who said it. It might've been you, Valerie, or no, it it was Uda Dan that said, you could get $5, but you couldn't get five minutes. You know, I joined the gang because I couldn't get five minutes. Mm -hmm. And my parents, I came from a home where there was two parents in the home. They were working. They was, you know, and, and, but they had the church. And that's the, that's the issue. All of these things were above us as the children. We had a lot of time on our hands. What do they say? The, the, the idle mind is the devil's workshop. And yeah. a child will think up anything that they can do. But number one, they're doing it because they want that attention. Mm-hmm. They want that love. My parents couldn't come to my games, but my gang members did. And then when they didn't want to come to the games no more, then I ain't want to go to the game no more. Now I'm off the basketball team. See, that's how easy you can be headed in the wrong direction. But what if they would have showed up? Now, I'm not knocking them because they, were, they did the best that they can do. I'm just trying to share an example of what will happen if we do not sow into the lives of our children. Then what did I start to do? I started to sell dope. I started to run the streets. I mean, I'm just down this road that could have been avoided if somebody would have just t- taken the time to sow into me. And all they see is this bad child doing this, doing that. Nobody knew I was raped as 13 and a half. We got to stop looking at the symptom 
and go to the what is the, the causation absolutely yes. what is the causation and don't look at kids and say what's wrong with him if you see a kid that's behaviorally challenged it's not what's wrong with him or her it's what happened to him or her because that's something right. happened that causes that behavior that we see something happened that right it's always a cause to effect I mean, you know what I'm saying? You know, let's talk about why is it that we feel most black people, but a lot of black men don't seek the help that they need. I know it's the stereotypes that I you're mean, supposed then, to be strong, but what I were mean, some other things? Then it's the image that you put out here. You know what I'm saying? A lot of guys, you know what I'm saying, got an image of out here that, you know, that they just can't be touched. For real. So to tell you that he's so broke in the inside, would kill his whole demeanor, his outside presence of what he's been telling you for years. So, you know, he got to get comfortable with himself first. Wow. <laughs> you know, to, to come out to, to tell you that. You know, oh, so with me, always been this can't nothing change this you know whether whatever i tell you or not i'm still gonna walk out of here the same guy i came in here no matter what you know what i'm saying so once i came with that understanding with me i can sit here and tell you whatever mm -hmm. and be real and it won't change me mm -hmm. now we may we may sit here and exchange some different feelings about it you know what I'm saying? And we all got we all got them with feelings and, and, and different opinions. That's what we're here for. But I won't let that change me though, mm -hmm. because I stand on it. You know, I, I you know, and, and I ain't in denial about none, none of it at all. You know, it was something you said earlier in the first segment that stuck with me, because you said, "Yeah, I went there." to the doctor and then they just want to give me some pills see you in 30 days yeah. they'll inadequately serve us misdiagnose us and not give us the care and the treatment that we deserve and then wonder why we have so many disparities in our community did you see miss Evers boys we have been the brunt of a lot of experiments Throughout time, the syphilis experiment, mm -hmm. and we could go on. Miss Lax, they took her cells and used them for, I believe, cancer treatments and stuff. Henrietta Lax, for years and years and years, and refused to give her family any royalties, any type of compensation or anything else off of the millions, probably billions of dollars that the medication, the pharmaceutical industry has made off of the genes, the DNA of Henrietta Lacks. We've been a part of a lot of experiments throughout history. Clearly. And then you wonder why we don't want to trust the health care system. Think again. That's the problem with the vaccination. 
People are like, oh, no, you're not going to experiment on me. Oh, it's not an experiment. Don't tell me. I worked for a pharmaceutical company as an assistant scientist for eight years. They do all types of investigational drug studies for all different reasons and all different subjects. You cannot say that a drug has efficacy for a black person if you haven't done a clinical trial on a black person. So let's just keep it real. Some people don't mind being a part of a study and giving their body to be used to explore science and <laughs> cures a little further. But it's when you try to insult our intelligence in the process right. where you lose us. You know, like I can see if willingly you going in there as a test dummy. All right, you know that's what you're going in there for. But I'm, if I'm coming in here for some help, and you on the flip side, though, like, okay, but try this and try that. You know what I'm saying? That's why I figure, like, if I went to the doctor and I told this what it was and you said that's what it is, then if you gave me this medication this month, then why are you changing the doses two months later? Or why are you changing this? Or, you know, you, you, you ask me, do I want to try this? If you are a, a, a doctor, you, you know, on top of this and this and that, why you why you asking me the questions? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you ask me questions, man. Uh, you know, I ain't in the classroom to answer, but, you know, theoretically speaking, no, nah, I don't want to try that. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Because they ask him what your symptoms are, and then they match him against somebody else's symptoms, and then we just go on and on right. and on. It's just too much. But I will tell you that that theory, what we just discussed, is the reason why we have as many disparities as we do in the black community when it comes to health care, but especially mental health. Especially mental health. And you're right. You come in there for 30 minutes. You don't know me in 30 minutes. You don't know nothing about me. All you know is my weight and my age. Yep. <laughs> you figure you know, you know my whole history. Huh? I know what I owe you is. I know what the weight you is. So I think you need 10 grams of this right here. Do that. Come back to 30 days if, if you can. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. It's, hey, come on, man. It's oh, a lot. Man. And you know, but I do feel like the primary care physician has a purpose. And I don't think that we have consistently stayed with a primary care doctor that does know us in and out over the years. A lot of black people use the emergency room as that spot. Like right. something wrong with me, I'm going to the emergency room. But what do they say when you leave there? Follow up with your what? primary care physician a lot of us don't have one and you have to select them yeah but shit, i mean hell a lot of us ain't even got insurance so you know what i'm saying true. even have a primary care doctor true that. so that's why the emergency room is all they got you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. be with somebody you know what i, I mean? agree and but for those of us that do yeah. i vet my doctors i do all of their research and everything, when I walk in, they be like, oh, how are you? How are you? You know, I know that you went to this school. I know that you specialize in this. And they're like, oh, you read about me? Yes, I read about you. Because just because you have MD after your name or DR in front of your name don't mean you completely qualify. You want to know me in and out? I want to know you, too. 
You're right. We're going to know each other. I mean, that's why it's different specialists, I guess, huh? Yes. You could be a doctor, but you don't specialize in this. And I need to know that. You know what I'm saying? So if my back messed up, I need to go to a back specialist. The hell, I'm over here with you for, and you talking about headaches. Like, <laughs> I'm talking about. Yeah, it's so, true. You know, you got, to, you got to know what you know. You know what I'm saying? And that's why we have a cultural mistrust in healthcare professionals. We do. And I believe that they need to take the responsibility and say we are not culturally competent when it comes to other people who are not white. I mean, it all started with racism. Yes. It all, that's, that's just go all Put the it way on the floor. Let's go there. Uh, let's not play with it. Okay, let's it go there. It all came from racism. Y'all ain't got it. We ain't in y'all best interest as y'all is in y'alls. You know what I'm saying? The population control is real. We fade off, and I guess you guys keep, you know what I'm saying? So, so you know, a lot, a lot of misunderstanding, and a lot of, you know what I'm saying, trust ain't there due to those facts just right there. And that's been going on way before us. You know what I'm saying? It's just what we know. But, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, you know, that's what, it, you know, wow. I <laughs> I just came from the emergency room, okay? And I sat there from 12 a.m. until 7.02 when a doctor seen me. I went up to the station about three o'clock and I said, hey, my pain is increased. Like, I really cannot take it. Can y'all give me a Tylenol or do something? Please help me. Oh, what's your name? Okay, just have a seat. We'll see what we can do. Never came back and said a word. As a matter of fact, came out and consoled another lady in the part in, in the area and didn't say anything about me. Then a, a, a Caucasian gentleman walked up and he just was screaming, oh, oh, my pain, my pain. What you think they did? Took him straight they to the back? Him, they took him right to the back, gave him an IV, gave him um, some medicine because he was dehydrated, gave him a saline drip, and then administered him some pain medication through that IV. Mm -hmm. He laid there in the hallway until seven something, just like I sat in the lobby until seven something. What made his pain greater than mine? And she was like, well, ma'am, I can't tell you what he had. I said, ma'am, he had kidney stones. I know what he had. So if he sat there in that hallway and hadn't seen nobody, we had the same story. What made his pain greater than mine? And they couldn't answer it. And that's why I got an investigation going right now, because I'm not going to lay down and take that. See, that's what happens, too, which perpetuates this racism and white supremacy. Stuff happens to us. And because we're so resilient, we just say, oh, well, never mind. And just walk away. Stop walking away. When you see this stuff, call it out. Make a report. Do what you got to do do to show up and let them know we're not taking this stuff no more. If we don't push back, it's going to keep happening. If we don't push back, business as usual is going to be the norm. And I don't know about nobody else. I'm tired of this racist norm. I mean, they try to train you as, as it's supposed to happen to you. And, and it's been happening for all these over the years. You know what I'm saying? When it happened, a lot of people just, you know, just confined and walk away from it. Like, well, to me, it's supposed to happen. You know what I'm saying? White man, no, nah, it ain't but me. All right, I'm going to get out of here, though. You know what I'm saying? When, Like you say, you need to stand up, though, for real. But when you do, though, how many you got behind you do at that time that's going to uh, uh, make think, ah, oh, man, you tripping, man. You're going to take your home, man. We ain't finna. 
when you really standing up on what you believe, though. Like, hold on, bro. Like, I ain't just finna walk away from this because you would. You know what I'm saying? Because I guess you said supposed to happen to you. So, you know what I'm saying? Well, I know one thing. Um, society is really not used to us doing anything really more than protesting and rioting. So when we do stick, let about 15 of us or 20 of us show up at a school board meeting. They gonna call the police. Really? First. <laughs> They call all the damn police. Like, oh. They like, hold on. There's a riot out there. That's what they're going to say. It ain't no concerned parents. Oh, it's a riot out there. Exactly. We can't be concerned parents if it's 10 of us coming. But if you got 10 white ladies out there, oh, we got some concerned parents out there. Exactly. Let's talk to them and woo, 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 woo. You know what I'm saying? Then they get out of hand. Then they call the police. They call the police first. You in handcuffs. Then they come out and say, well, I didn't know why they was out here. I just seen 15 of them out here. Mm -hmm. Like, you ain't come out here and ask me, though. You know what I'm saying? And so it's always that different statement that we always going to have, though. So we're going to take a musical break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what we can do. What is in our hands right now that we can do? What can we do? So we're going to listen to this track as a black man by my wonderful cousin, Millard Thomas Jr. You're listening to The Real Black Coffee, No Sugar, No Cream, and we will be right back. As a strong black man, having done all I can to please my fellow man, I don't understand why that knife is in your hand. After doing all I can, as a strong black man. I'm gonna take my stand as a black man. I will do the best that I can as a black man. I stand on my own as a black man. I'm gonna sing my song. Oh, this is me. So hear my plea I'm a young black man Down on my knees I say this world is wrong And we don't have too long I'm gonna take the stand As a strong black man Be more kind Everyone would be happy 
got a move. Gotta press my way through. Gotta press my way through. As a black man, that track was by my cousin, Millard Thomas Jr. And while we were listening to the track here in the studio, we were talking about our young black men and the killing, senseless killings, right. heartless. Uda, you brought about a great point on why some of that happens. You use three words, competition, jealousy, and what was the other? Envy. And envy. That's right. Recap that for the listeners. Yeah, as, you know, as we were saying, you know, I, I say, you know, those three, those, those three titles come from, you know, with this, you know, social media, you know, internet, you know, thing that, that's going on now. You know what I'm saying? Like I say, you know, you can turn on your, your on, 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 on your Facebook or your, or your Instagram, you know, and, and there go competition right there. It's all competition, you know what I'm saying? Because when you look at another guy's picture, he may have five, ten thousand, you know what I'm saying, in the car, woo-woo, but you look at yourself, you ain't got five dollars. But you looking at all this competition that, you know what I'm saying, that you, you searching for it. Not only is it there, you looking for it. I'm going to go on this page. I ain't living like this. You, you, you going on there looking for everybody that don't live like you. Tell you, you go on social media, you going to look for everybody that don't live like you. Hey, I know you all that probably in Miami. All this competition. You sit at home, Jesse, India, everybody else doing what they do. You know? And now when they come home, you might be ready to kill them. This is how they live. Mm-hmm. And it happened, and it's happening every day. It's happening right now while we are here. Absolutely. I talked to a stick-up guy once, and, and we were talking about that. And he said um, he never wanted to be high because he just wanted to be sharp in his mind. Stick-up guy and was good at it. And that's what he did for a living. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to rob you. And I'm like, wow, brother. He said, yep. I already knew. And he was like, you know what? He's an old cat now. But he said, in the times of social media, I clean up because everybody put all their business right out there for me to see. And I get you every time. I uh, said, wow. But all. you're right. Materialism, trauma brings drama. Yeah. And a microwave society. Our kids want it and they want it Dang. right now. Yeah, no work. No work ethic. Ain't no work in it. Mm -mm, no, ain't no work in it. Mm -mm. And part of that to me is a parent saying, I want my child to have a better life than I had. 
And that's fine. So you give them a little more, you buy a little more, you show them a little more, but don't leave out the morals and values in the process. Right. Work ethic in the process. Some of these little kids don't even know, please excuse me and thank you. They have expectations. They don't need to show any gratitude for what they're getting. They expect it. And I, and I totally agree with you. I, I, I totally do. I mean, because these kids, everybody, you know what I'm saying, growing up today, with uh, you, you owe them. You know, they, we, we, we in debt to our kids off rip now. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Our kids don't owe us nothing. You hear me? But we, we, in, we in debt off rip. You know, because always, I need, I need, and if you don't, then you wrong. Yeah. And, and you the mama. But if you don't do this, you wrong. Mm-hmm. How that happen? I don't know. I really don't because, <laughs> you know, the whole street light theory. Why the kids still out after dark? You know when the street, bzzz, you hear that noise? Yeah. I still got PTSD from that damn noise. But, you yeah. hear that noise, you better hightail it home. You don't yeah. have no time. The street lights is on. Clear the block. We can go all the way back to when we was talking about, let's say, how many, how many, how many depression pregnancies you think didn't, didn't happen from, let's say, 95 to the day? A lot. Sex is a drug. From 95 to the day. From 1995 to today, that's when the morals and things changed. You know what I'm saying? Because I can, let me tell you, at my era, I was really like getting the last of the of them real South Southern roots. You know what I'm saying? Look out for your brother. Don't disrespect no women. Don't talk back to your mama. Help this old lady. Clean up, go to school, street lights, mm -hmm. stay out grown folks' business, mm -hmm. be a kid. That was that. But as I can say, as a lot of kids like me was growing up with that depression that they never recognized, they weren't doing nothing but having kids and starting it into the kids. Mm -hmm. You better believe it. So now today, we ain't got nothing but a bunch of depressed kids that growed up ten times depressed as their parents. Mm -hmm. And the parents still don't even recognize to even tell the kids what the problem is because they both li living the same lives. Mm -hmm. These women act just like their daughters. Some of the daddies run around just like their sons. You can't even tell the difference. You better say it. That's Can't real tell talk. the difference. That's real talk. Facts. Can't even tell the difference. Now, who playing catch up? Like, now, which one? I mean, like, I mean, it's hard to figure it out. Who run the house when you get there? Who who is this for real, though? <laughs> yeah. You're right. Some of the kids be running around like they running the house. Yeah. I've been in a couple, and I had to catch myself oh. like, Woo, did you just talk to your mama Love. like that? <laughs> Man. I'm telling you, it ain't because that's what she was doing. You know what I'm saying? And that's what he was doing. So I'm going to raise you to tell you what I didn't even think was wrong. True. I can't, I can't identify wrong or right to tell you what's wrong or right when I can't even identify my wrongs and rights right now. Generational. Yeah. 
and it don't do nothing but leak over to the next generation. Mm-hmm. But it, 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 it was able to maintain it here, but it gets out of control once it gets to the next generation. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's where we at now. So much, so many different things, so out of control that we can't grasp. You know what I'm saying? Don't even know where to start. That's what I should say. See, back then, it should be simple. You know, you can look at one thing and, and, and knew this what it was with a, with, with a whole group. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, I see everybody doing this. Not everybody doing so much of different stuff. You can't even tell what he's doing. Like, what is he really doing, boy? You know what I'm saying? But back then, you got to okay, it's simple. He ain't doing nothing. I know that only thing he could be doing is this. Right. Now, you can't say that now. You sure okay? I wish, I wish, I wish you could say, I, I know only thing my son could be doing is this. It's, yeah, okay. <laughs> You're right. Today. Because I have some um, vaping things at my office. You know they got a vape that looks just like this Apple Watch? So you buy your kid an Apple Watch, but they have a vape that looks just like this Apple Watch with the little pen where they can hit the oil or whatever they want it to do. You know, you don't even know what these kids have or doing. But, you know, the root, when we get to the causation, it is to hide what is really going on inside. We dress up. We look good. We we smell good. Our hair's nice or whatever. And, and we just tore up on the inside. I'm going to tell you, I don't even have to talk about anybody else. I can talk about myself. When I first became an adult, I was a broken child masquerading around like an adult. At least till I was 30-something. Man. So I was of age, but I hadn't healed. Man. I had a lot of brokenness inside of me from molestation, um, abandonment issues, rejection, you know, you name it. I masqueraded and did a good ass job. Like, yeah, I was looking normal and, you know, whatever it was. I had to come to grips with myself. I had my first panic attack in my 30s. So when you spoke of anxiety, I know what that is. Mind racing, heart racing. I couldn't even stand to hear a clock tick. (laughs) I could not stand to hear a clock tick. I had just bought a brand new convertible, didn't want to drive it because I was agoraphobic, didn't know when I was going to have the next panic attack. I never had another one after the first one. But it's the thought of not being able to control myself. After being able to control myself for so long, it's the thought of. It's, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It, it's crazy that, that that's the fear that they put in you, though. It'd it, it be the fear. You know what I'm saying? To, 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 where you, to, to where you don't carry on. Like, ah, scared to, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and that's, what, and, and that's what the world did to us, though. You know what I'm saying? But that's why I try to tell somebody. I say, why? Well, it seems like ain't nobody scared no more, though. It's like ain't nobody scared of nothing no more, though. I'm still scared. I don't know about y'all. I'm, I'm still scared, man. You know what I'm saying? It's, you a scary person to not be scared of nothing. This, um, that's, that's, that's scary. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, for real. Like, everybody, ain't nobody scared of nothing no more. Yeah. I, I'm scary, too. I'm like, what? I, but I you're right. No they no they don't Everything have. Everything is wide open, huh? They don't fear nothing, not even death. But the issue is because of the trauma that the certain lifestyles, abject poverty, um, abandonment issues, and 
all of these other things. And when you spoke about the mother carrying the child, that does happen in gestation. Your synaptic nerve system is developing while you're inside of your mother. Whatever she going through, you going through. And you're going to come out and continue to do that. But then it gets exacerbated with other things, alcohol, cigarettes, you know, whatever it is. And then we learn to self-medicate with those things, whether it's smoking weed, whether it's smoking cigarette, whether it's eating a piece of chocolate, whatever it is, we find a way to soothe Mm -hmm. ourselves. It could be sex. Some people use that as their medicine. Promiscuity, whatever it is, we are just covering up the trauma that's inside of us. The trauma is causing the drama that we see unfold every day and it's not just our kids but the show is called black men heal exactly but it's other people kids too it's, it's, it's all different races of kids but they're man. not they gonna look just, at ours the same exactly but that's why i just so swept under the rug though you know what i'm saying that's why we can't talk about this right here that's why we we supposed to identify that we going through this right here but all the white kids and, and caucasian kids they been in therapy they been in class. You better say it. They been getting this shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I ain't seen five black kids talking about counseling and, and they sitting these kids in here and, you know what I'm saying, getting this therapy. What? And they when need I started it. Because, you know, I, I get the therapy. You know what I'm saying? But when I go, ain't nobody in there look like me. You better say it. And I'm telling you facts. Oh, I, I go sit in there and talk to these people on the regular. You know what I'm saying? And ain't nobody in there look like even the guy that I'm talking to don't look like me. You better say it. You know what I'm saying? I've been down that road, too. So I had to ask him, though. I had to ask him, though. Like, you know, do you really do you really understand me, though? You know what I'm saying? Like, where I come from. Because you don't come from where I come from. But I come here and give you my, you know, I come here and give you my real. You know what I'm saying? To, to try and put you where I, where I come from. You know, to give you just a light on, 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 you know, on what you're dealing with, you know. And sometimes after the session, he say, I counseled him. Because he's not about that life. You know, I've had that happen before. I have disclosed some of the things that I've been through in life or whatever. And a person will turn around and say, wow, you know, you helped me. Helped you see what? How privileged you are? That you I mean, don't have to clear. go through what tell I me your truth. Yeah, tell me that. That's, that's what he should have said on the back is what I was trying to really get to you to say. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, till, I'm telling you, you I'm privileged. privileged. Yeah. You don't have to go through you none You never went through this life I went through, man. You know what I'm saying? So in order for healing to take place, what can we do right now? We're going to close out with that. What we can do right now is what Uda said. Get your kids some help. And if you don't know the steps to take, come to the Envision Center. I believe the time is 4.30 to 6.30 or either, I believe it's 5 to 7. But show up. We're going to have some pizza there for you. Bring your kids. Get them registered. Mm -hmm. We want to help. If you don't know the steps to take to get your kids in therapy, we will help you. There's the Western Wayne Family Health Clinic right in Inkster. SOAR has an office inside of that establishment. 
we will be there, make an appointment with us, come in. We will do what is called problem ID and referral with you and your kid. We don't have all the answers, but we will help you find them. No, that's right. We want to wrap around our kids in the community. We can't heal everyone, but we have a good idea. Just with the two of us in this room and Trisha who was on with us, where to start because of what we went through. So we're not going to tell you what we think. We're going to tell you what we know. Right. And how to overcome in our own way. But we have to start there with our babies. What can we do now? Each one, reach one, and teach one how to go right instead of going left. There's plenty of people in the street, like Uda said, that can teach our babies how to get $5, but it's not enough of us that will give our babies five minutes. All right. We got to give them that time, y'all. They need us. They need us. We don't have to heal black men if we heal black boys. You're right. You're right. We don't even have to do it. We're looking in retrospect. The prison system is doing nothing but making money off of our kids. The school to prison pipeline is real. I have a client right now that I'm trying to work with. She was being bullied by three girls. She kept reporting it and reporting it in Wayne Westland schools. Kept reporting it. They did nothing. Well, eventually they ended up suspending the head bully. Well, because the head bully got suspended, she was in the classroom with the other two and they jumped her. She didn't know what else to do with two girls coming to jump her, so she picked up a chair. They expelled her. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm not letting that fly. I didn't know about it when it happened, but I'm coming. Because... When a parent allows their kid to come to school or drop their kid off at school, however they get to school, when they walk through the edifice of that building, it is your responsibility to protect them. And if you're dealing with some kids that have extreme, extreme trauma and they are bringing drama, then it's something that you should have done about that before this girl had to have the onus upon herself to protect herself. And you expelled her. Oh, a teacher maybe got hit by the chair? I don't know. I haven't seen the video. But, okay, teacher, does your de-escalation process in Wayne Westland School say, hey, when two kids fighting, get your ass in the middle? <laughs> I don't think it say that. So I have some real issues with that. And I will be accompanying this mother because I have a lot of questions and I need a lot of answers. But to deny this girl an education and she is a 13-year-old that needs to sit out of school for 180 school days and can't go to any school in the state of Michigan that is publicly funded is some straight bull. Her mother don't have no money to go to no Brother Rice or any of these Catholic schools. The reason why she missed a meeting was because she had a job interview at 1.30. You didn't even have the audacity to reschedule the meeting. You went on and did what you wanted to do as she didn't care. She did care, but it was like, ah, uh, do I go to the school right now or do I go to this job interview? Well, she went to the job interview, God bless her, because she got the job. Right. But 
You didn't even, you assumed the mother knew what expulsion meant. The mother took that as, I don't want my kid to go to this school district anymore anyway because I'm sick of the bullying and everything that's going on. So that's good. If you're going to put her out your district, put her out. She didn't know that that meant she can't go to school at no school in the state of Michigan for 180 school days. That means that baby going to risk the whole rest of this school year. Yeah, that's bad. It's real bad. And when I wanted to talk to her, she didn't even want to talk about it. She said she was embarrassed. Embarrassed for what, sweetheart? It's not even your fault. But we talking about trauma. She probably need a little bit of therapy now. Oh, yeah. As a result of that situation. To know, because if she starts to feel like it's my fault, if she starts to feel like nobody cares, I did my best and my best wasn't good enough, why should she try anything else? She's probably going to give up. But we're going to wrap around her. Her mama's wrapping around her. But we're going to wrap around her. And that's where the community, those of us who know how to navigate the system, those of us who know how to do the right thing other than curse the teachers out or whatever. Now, sometimes we need y'all too. We need to cuss out people. We need to call out people. You need them. And we need to do something, people. It's a role for all of us to play in the community to help our children so that they don't endure the trauma and grow up as a broken child masquerading around as an adult because they didn't do anything about it. So, Uda, as we prepare to close, you have any last words you want to say? First of all, I want to say thank you, brother. Thank you for being that stand-up guy. That I've always known you to be. Don't know you personally, but just know you from the neighborhood. Right, right. right? Uh, uh. Always been a stand-up guy, like you said, with a good heart. A lot of people look up to you. And I'm glad that you came here to be 100 with us about what it is you were going through. No. Because you're going to help somebody. Man. And it didn't change who you, like you said, I'm still me. Man. But I'm just trying to be healthy. I mentally. At first. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's why I come here and give you, you know, give you my truth. You know what I'm saying? Because hopefully, you know, my truth, you know what I'm saying, could help somebody else on the outside looking in that look just like me. And think that they truth could change them, you know what I'm saying? And and it, and ain't got to. You know what I'm saying? Because like I say, you know, I'd have been through here and that. I'm still the same guy, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? As long as, you know, I, I can identify, you know what I'm saying, my wrongs to recollect my rights, I'm going to be all right. You know what I'm saying? Well, I certainly appreciate you, brother. Look forward to you helping us um, with the kids over in the Denby area or any kid that can get to the Envision Center. They don't have to live in Denby. Trisha and um, a few of the team members canvassed and went door to door to invite some of the kids. But if you have some within an earshot of you or that yeah, you can reach yeah, out to, to do that we want them to come yeah. every Wednesday and get that program. We got to help our babies. First. You know what I'm saying? First. Like I, you know, I was, I was telling you, you know, just, they, just, they just need to know somebody that for them, though. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I don't try to say, uh, you know, all the kids, you know what I'm saying? But those that, you know, with a clear mind and understanding and with that, and, you know, they'll be there. Mm-hmm. They'll be there. You know what I'm saying? And and, and then, you know, those come, they, it'll grow. 
You know what I'm saying? We may just take that one guy, that the kid that just think he's too so cool not to come, to come. Mm-hmm. To make the other one like, well, you know, if he went, then you know, I'll be there next week. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, that thing, thing like that. Like why I say, you know, hopefully if I, you know, come out, you know, giving y'all this story, you know what I'm saying? Or this guy feel like, well, you know, he was, you know, cool. I'm just as cool as him. So, let me tell my story. You know what I'm saying? It ain't got to change me. But it don't. No, it doesn't. Nah. Actually, it makes you better. What? It makes you better. Yeah, yeah. You feel free. You do. Right, for real. Yeah, you, you feel you, free. You, you do, you do, you do. It and, is what it is. Me. You don't have to put on no airs or nothing for nobody. Yeah. This is who I am. Yeah. Take me or leave me, but this is who I am. But I feel good about myself. Man. And, you know, that's how I am now. A lot of places I don't go. A lot of people I don't see. A lot of things I don't do. And you can call me what you want. But you're not going to call me depressed and stressed out. I'm protecting my peace. I'm going to do what's best for me. Always. Especially now that I'm raising a little eight-year-old. My life is not my own. So I got to make sure I'm good so that baby can be good. Because he is in my care. And he will not fail. And I will not fail at raising him. So I'm going to do whatever I need to do to protect my peace and to protect my baby. And yours, too, if you put them in my care. I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. I've been doing this work for 20 years. And you better believe if you ask anyone who's ever put their child in my care or let them work with our program, we did the best we could and our heart is in it. I mean, I mean, it's, you know, as I've ever known you. It's been sincere, you know what I'm saying? Conversation's always been, you know what I'm saying, really than, you know, the next. So, you know, I, I see where you come from, you know what I'm saying, and what you're trying to do. Well, thank you. So, we have to. Yeah. You know, I, I have on this hoodie today, and it has Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Angela Davis, Rosa Parks, but it also has a question mark right here. And I believe the designer put that question mark because, see, all of these leaders are dead and gone. Harriet Tubman. But that question mark is, what you going to do? Who going to be next? Are you going to take a stand and make the next distribution of these? Whose face going to be right here? Is it one of you looking that can see us? Is it one of you listening that can hear us? Mm-hmm. Will you be next? Will you be the next stand-up person to stand up for what is right for our children, for our black boys, so they will not grow up traumatized and have to seek therapy when they're grown? Give it therapy now, like Uda said. <laughs> they get therapy now. And then their narrative is when the little boy shot somebody, the police put him in the back of the police car and took him to Burger King. Mm -hmm. Let one of our kids do that. They probably will be unrecognizable by the time they get to the station because they'll be done beat the hell out of them. If living. If living. (laughs) You better hope that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Even if they ain't shot nobody, you just hope that the police get their hands on and they still live when you get to them. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So, we got a lot of work to do. We also need to talk to our boys about how to be arrested. It's a, a 
weird conversation to have, but that got to be part of Wednesday night too. When you encounter the police, how do you even do that to at least try to stay alive? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? We got to have that conversation with them. I mean, yeah, because I mean, you could be reaching for you could you could have your wallet in the wrong place reaching for it, get shot. Mm -hmm. So it's time that you need to know. Where they really had your wallet or your identification, you know what I'm saying? Hand accessible at all times, but you ain't got to be doing all that reaching. He just that that you already know, you know, my is right here. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no, you know, you in here, you know, bending over here to the, you know what I'm saying? It probably cause me anything. It sure can. You know what I'm saying? And, and you better say that because I carry. So Man. I have my driver's license and everything right up on the dash. So it's like it's up here, officer. I, I ain't got to touch myself because when they run your plate, they know if you got a gun or not. If you have license to carry, they exactly. know that. They already know that when they come to my car. Exactly. So we're not going to play no games here. <laughs> officer, my hand is on the wheel. My license and everything is in my purse. And the registration is here. How do you want to handle this where you feel most comfortable? Because they already scared. Clearly. <laughs> so Clearly. what's going to make you handle this where you feel most comfortable, right? Because the ones that's power tripping, if they see you a little nervous, then they, they get all in their feelings and want to really try to uh, flaunt their authority. The justice system is so crooked. But and we got need all to... these white depressed police, though. You know what I'm saying? I mean, his, 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 his depression and anxiety it's really conflicting and what's really getting pulling you over mm -hmm. from what he's been trained as a kid when he see a black person. So, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? His, his, his kick in from back then. Yeah. You know, it yeah. ain't just been this week on the job where I ain't had no sleep. I've been did all this overtime. Nah, he went back nigga, when you was in third grade or second grade. When your daddy did this or your mama woo woo, but he left you over there and you you ain't recovered from that. Yeah, Remember they the rainstorm you was in? You thought you was you still fucked up from that. <laughs> now you're police. <laughs> well, you know what? Um I know several officers that are decent officers and I know some me that too. are horrible. And, me and too. you're right, they need <laughs> to have a way of de-escalating themselves first first <laughs> first it's, instead of the situations i mean it's right? it, should, it should be some type of it should be some type of quiz that they take before they can even pull you over like when they recognize they want let this pop up is this this is this this is this that do that that they need to ask some questions given to them instead of taking it on their own mental judgment on what they think you know what i'm saying because they they judgment seem to be off scale for real, to be out here killing people. Now, your judgment couldn't been, you know what I'm saying? So I think it's something that they need to go on before they able to even contact, you know what I'm saying, somebody else. Is this this? Is this this? Is that that? Is this that? Okay, you know what I'm saying? Did, you know, pursue. If if any one of these don't check out, man, you going to let them people go on about their business and you, you go get you some donuts or something because you finna <laughs> fuck up. You know what I'm saying? It need to be something like that. 
You know, that's a good idea. They they screening process. Yeah. I got it. Well, Uda, you know, I really would like to have you come back when we talk about the justice system or anything else. I really, really enjoyed you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and away from your family to come and kick it with us. Um, I appreciate My, it. I appreciate, I appreciate being here, though. You know what I'm saying? It's always good to, you know, be around good people and have good conversations. You know what I'm saying? Because... You know, a lot of people can't, we can't do this because we don't got the corners no more. Like, we was on the corners. We talk like this every day. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But they, they took us, they kicked us off the corners. So it's always good to get back, you know, in a room and do it. <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank you so much. You have been listening to The Real Black Coffee, No Sugar, No Cream, where I don't try to spill any tea or make you feel dazed like you drank a shot of cheap liquor. I just want you to see the world from a different point of view. Minds. We will be back next week where we will have Aaron Sims and Project We Hope, Dream, and Believe to talk about his quest of the Malcolm X House that's in the city of Inkster that has now received a over $300,000 grant for renovation. Mm -hmm. So we want to spotlight that program and to talk about healing the community. So we're going from black man heal to healing the community. And we will be back next week to discuss that. You guys have a great week and we're out of here. So long. Straight talk with Valerie. Uh, come on, black coffee, no sugar, no cream. Yeah, it's straight talk with Valerie. Uh, come on.